Welcome to Theatetus, the podcast that turns thinking into an adventure. I'm your host, Justin, just an average guy with an insatiable curiosity about how we know what we know. Join me as I explore the power of thought and uncover the hidden truths of our inner worlds. This is Theatetus. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Theatetus podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and we're here exploring epistemology and demonstrating the tools of critical thinking. And as promised, we have Isabel back with us today. What up? <laughs> Super glad you could come back. We, yeah, we had a too. little trouble getting schedules lined up, but we finally figured it out and um, she's here. We're going to go back into, back into Isabel's brain. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a messy... <laughs> no, no. I, I actually thought the last episode was really enlightening. So huh, that's good. I'm excited. Okay. Really quick, just as a precursor to this discussion, I want to talk about a couple things. What we're going to do today is we're going to, we're going to go over one of the beliefs that we had, I, I was able to identify out of that last discussion with Isabel. She's done a lot of work on her own of questioning the, the worldview that she used to have and therefore Last time when, when we were discussing the episode and we said, okay, what's the belief we want to go over? It, it, there wasn't a clear one. But as we talked, I think we figured one out. And we're going to talk about that one today. And as we do it, I I just hope listeners understand that this is a partnership. That's that's the way that in Plato's dialogues with Socrates, it's it's a partnership when Socrates is talking to one of the people that he's... he's um, figuring something out with. He really sees it as a partnership. It is not me trying to do a gotcha with Isabel. It's not a debate. It's not me trying to make her look stupid. It's not her trying to stump me. It's really a partnership where we're trying to figure out what's true together. So I, I hope that everybody can view it that way. And that means that answers from Isabel or me are like that answers such as, I don't know, or I'd never thought of that. Those are totally valid answers. And those aren't gotcha moments. This really is a partnership. I'm not Ben Shapiro trying to <laughs> show the liberals how stupid they are. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to offend people. But um, I really, I, this is a partnership where we're trying to figure out what's true together. So you got anything to add to that, Isabel? No, you said it all, I think. Yeah, that's okay. great. Cool. All right. So last time as we were talking, uh, just, just to kind of recap, Isabel talked to us about her process of breaking down a form of belief. At first, that really centered around her, her belief that she needed to people please in order to be happy. Um, what we ended up landing on is is that people pleasing really revolved around her religious beliefs at the time? So we kind of dove into that a little bit at the end, and uh, I th I, th I loved following that process. There were a couple things that that were key to Isabel um, starting to think critically about her worldview, and one of those was seeing evidence to the contrary of what she'd always been taught when she went to aesthetics school, and she saw people that were living an authentic life and it, it, it broke down some of that worldview that she'd had. The pandemic also played a role 
in that it it kind of broke down her previous worldview. She saw that, oh, all the things that I maybe used to believe about the world aren't always true. Uh, and then then she started to do her own research. This is a very natural process, the way that it, it worked for her. She started to do her own research and to look for steel man arguments against the things that she'd always learned. And she found things that made her say, you know what, this moral system that I was taught, I don't agree with it. And I'm not sure that there's enough evidence here to convince me that this is the moral system I have to live by. So that was so I just want to say, like, that was very well put. You could <laughs> you put it into like two sentences and I don't even think I'd be able to do it. But yeah, that's like perfect. Good, good. <laughs> to <I'm>... me. <laughs> it was like written perfectly. You said it very well. Yeah. OK, good. Now that the the beliefs that we identified in that discussion, uh, there were two of them. The first one is the one I want to focus on today, and it was a belief that no one should have... Actually, I'm going to phrase this, but Isabel, if it doesn't sound like the way that you would describe it, let's let's make sure we phrase it right. Okay. So the way that I was understanding it was no one should have a monopoly on another individual's personal morality. And... Is, yes, it, that's like the, like, I guess I believe that, but thus far, like I've just never seen proof enough that any group I've been around or person or thing, like there's not enough evidence for them to have monopoly over morality yet. So I've never seen that function properly. So I haven't had enough evidence to believe it's like works all the way. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe in like laws about like. All right, right. We'll get to, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get okay, into that. Yeah. But that that's the whole purpose of today is to really clarify what does that mean. If, but like morality on a lower scale, like if we're talking like day to day, like there's some things that I think make society functional, like that there's some ground rules kind of thing. But I don't believe that anyone, on like a day to day basis, should have monopoly over your choices. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So how, how would we how would we summarize that in just one statement? No one should have I'm trying to figure out what what's the right phrasing here. Morality on a lower scale shouldn't be determined by one group or person. It should just be left up to an individual. I like that. I like do, that better do you? than the way I do was you? saying okay. it. Okay. Okay, morality smaller on a, scale. On a smaller scale, smaller scale, lower scale, small. It's, it's fine. Okay. We're going to go through and clarify what okay. that means. Morality on a lower scale shouldn't be determined. And f- for the listeners, I'm just writing this down so that mm-hmm. we have it to reference. I, I've found that having a visual to go back to and look at for the both of us as we're having this, this I partnership. I literally forgot after 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. <laughs> yeah. So morality on a lower scale shouldn't be determined by a single person or group. Yeah. But by individuals. Yes. I think. <laughs> hey, I hey just, no wrong answers. It's right. okay. That's a good starting That's point. Just we're going to go through it and now. we're going to refine it. Yeah. And I, should, I just want to say too, I am comfortable. That's probably also my biggest belief is that I'm always open to like new, like changing it change if i mm-hmm. come up with a better argument or or if i see evidence of something else enough i 
am open to, you know, like I'm open yep. to changing, which has probably been one of the biggest parts about myself that changed in that, everything. It's funny. Like I, I've, I've hit that point too, where yeah. it's, it's, it's funny how you, it's like a switch kind of turns goes on in your brain and you, you were like, okay, I can change my mind. Yeah. It's like you can't close the door anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so we've got morality on a lower scale shouldn't be determined by a single person or group, but by individuals. Okay. Okay, so let, first of all, I think we need to define what does it mean? What does morality on a lower scale mean? So when I think of that, well, should I describe like a bigger scale and lower scale or just lower scale? Like, Yeah, do, do bigger and lower. I think that'll help us to understand what you mean by that. Just Because I'm not clear. In my mind, yeah, this is just kind of something, I don't know if other people think like this or not, not but I think there's some ground rules that like, can be set and I'm I do not claim to be like well read (laughs) in certain subjects like law let's say I'm not well read in law but I do believe that there should be some sort of ground rule set by like elected officials to kind of you know keep people in check on when it comes to justice so this is this is higher scale. this is higher scale sorry I I should have clarified but no you're good um like, let's say, obviously, murder and um, anything that takes someone's agency away, like like rape, murder, stealing, anything that is taking something away from someone. But a lower-scale morality, I would say, honestly, of course you want everybody to be kind, but I don't think you can control, I just don't know that one group or person can define what that means like being kind to everyone can kind of be swayed and you know pushed and manipulated so it's like I don't think the way you treat people can be controlled you know who you have relationships with friendships sexual relationships or I should say intimate sorry I mean, it's okay. This I don't is, know. I mean, I don't I just don't. I want, don't think there's many kids no. that are listening to this. Kind the Atidas, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's see, treatment of others, what you do with your money, let's say. But that, okay, but that brings us into like taxes and different things, and. I do feel like for society to function properly, there would be some sort of, there would have to be some sort of money given back to produce like roads. And I just don't know a lot about that. So like. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So let me, let me. I mean, I do a little, but I don't not believe in taxes. I think taxes are kind of a part of a well-functioning society. I just don't know on what level would be the best, like what percentage would be the most effective. And Right. You haven't studied the laffer yeah. curve and yeah. <laughs> actually you're not alone in that nobody knows what the right percentage <laughs> should be if anybody claims to know it yeah they're blowing smoke yeah that's because true. it's so dependent on so many variables right anyway okay so let me let me summarize this back to you and see if this see if this sounds right okay to me it sounds like lower scale is more subjective stuff yeah. where it's not clear that it is or isn't hurting someone. Right. Where there's there's room for debate about that. Mm-hmm. Higher scale is where it is clear somebody is being harmed. Right. If we allow, the, you know, this behavior. Right. And you can, like, argue about certain things like that, too. Like, 
this is in my mind a lot recently because I read and watched the movie. But if you guys, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it already, but um, Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you seen that or read it? You know the storyline? No, I've come across it several times, but I have not read it. I don't know the story. It's just basically, and this is like not doing it justice at all, but this girl who was abandoned by her family ends up murdering her abuser, basically. And in the end... That sounds intense. It's actually like a lovely story in a way but it's also like intense it's really strange. that's what i've read in the reviews actually no. that it's a lovely story but she's it's like crazy an amazing stuff. character that like is resilient and kind considering her upbringing you know like there's so many good things and she makes a peaceful life for herself but she kind of like she did she had to murder someone and she got away with it she was found not guilty for it but in the end her life partner finds out reading her journals that she did murder him which in the case that like I don't I don't want to go all into that but you can argue but that's what like a justice system is for but the justice system back then when that story was written wouldn't have understood her side of the story she okay okay so you're giving an example here of where this objective the higher higher scale right. that you're talking about actually failed. Right. So I'm not saying like this is a, a foolproof system because like let's say in a perfect world, justice would, she would have been able to go to authorities and been believed and gotten the help that she needed and he would have been imprisoned. She didn't have that option and she wanted to live her life. Like she didn't have anywhere to go and I'm not defending murder or anything but i'm just saying she chose an option that like from the view of the especially of like you know someone a woman and i think men mostly like i don't think anyone will watch that movie and think she did the wrong thing yeah okay in that one particular setting but that doesn't make you just would hope that there would be a very reliable justice system to defend all sides of the party and you know like but she didn't have any oh, witnesses. We could go. We could get deep here. I know that's what's so hard is because I think discussion. That's what's so ethics. hard. Oh my gosh, yeah. But that I'll just say that you can't. There's no black and white to anything, but there is a little more. Okay. In some places, so if you're that makes you're sense. you're saying this is this is a fuzzy line. Like, yes. We're we're not gonna say that it has to a hundred percent match one way, like or or another here. That it's it's kind of fuzzy. And there may be instances where that higher scale, those laws yeah. that should be should always be followed and should be dictated by someone might be wrong. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know if we want to spend this podcast going down that whole road of like how do we determine when that is. Yeah, you don't need to. I just wanted to make a little bit of add it clear. that caveat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Cool. Okay, so I think we've got got some clarity there on morality on a lower scale. So maybe we could rephrase that to like on issues where how would we phrase that? It's it's more it's subjective where there's room for debate Sub- on whether or not someone's actually being harmed. Subjective morality. I think we'd ne- need to just make sure we define what subjective morality meant. Right. But, um, yeah, I think I think that works. We, we know that what, by subjective morality, we mean things where it is not clear 
if someone is actually being harmed or not. Right. Okay. Harmed physically, I'd say. Or like severe emotional distress. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's put this into an example. Discrimination. Right. There's no like hate physical harm mm-hmm. or even like uh, affirmative action kind of stuff where minority populations can't aren't getting fair treatment can't, to... yeah yeah they have they have a disadvantage to getting into you know colleges or whatever right. so we have some central authority the government right. mandating you must accept you know x percent of this minority that doesn't quite fit this definition where like it, subjective that's morality that's so tricky because Anyone can basically manipulate anything like once they meet their quota or it's like that doesn't mean they treat them fairly in the office. Like I've been hired in multiple places and been like obviously just as qualified for different things and like different people are chosen. Men are chosen over me just based on like I won't name names, but the last place I worked basically there was multiple instances where multiple women were complaining to HR. It wasn't just like me or just one thing like there was multiple times and it's like we would just talk to each other and be like how could you even control this because even hr is biased against you and it so so i don't i'm not i don't think i'm i think i need to be clear on what i'm asking okay do you think that a law requiring colleges to do that is acceptable um, or does that violate this belief of yours? Does discrimination fall under sub- subjective morality? I do think that it's important, especially with the history that, let's say, if we're just basing it on America, mm-hmm. with the history that America has in that department, I would say it's completely fair to lay down a law in some way to make sure that there is something. So so why why is that fair when I'm not sure oh, it's so there's true. not anybody be, being physically harmed. There's not anybody being severely emotionally harmed, like directly that we right. can, that we can, that it's clear, it's objective. Like you could argue, make all these like, you know, indirect arguments, but how, I, how did, how is that fair? How do you reconcile that with your belief? here I, uh, let, I, let's i'd probably put that in a middle like i i would probably say that lower scale and higher scale might be if i were to dive into it too deep because it's it's not like every thought i have i'm just separating into the two right, these right. two things well as this is know, probably the, this is probably the first time we've defined it right like yeah. this is kind of just uh yeah like i would say it would be not just one or the other it'd probably be more of a spectrum of issue to issue and i guess that's where voting comes in and you're just hoping that like but if if voters can voters choose something immoral yes i know okay let's see (laughs) well i'm trying to here the the, remember this is a partnership where we want to get to what is what is true here and so i'm not trying these really aren't like gotcha questions i'm trying to figure out what's the principle that underlies this it's so tricky because it's like goes back and forth between who are we trusting to make our laws? Is it the people around us or is it people that are 
in some form of authority because they obviously can make immoral decisions and so could we. But I guess that would get into some constitutional <laughs> issues, which I'm not well read on <laughs> we, No, we, I don't think we need to go down that route. But, I think we can keep it pretty pretty basic here of... So... I don't think you can I think control. it's important. I think it's important to define this though. Like you say like, okay, there's a spectrum of what's okay morals wise and what's not or like what's less in but um, we need a line like if we're going to define this on what what you believe like we need to say what crosses that threshold to being immoral i do feel like that causes if i were to put it in one category i would put it in higher scale discrimination just because of the effect it has on marginalized groups and their future, their children, their financial status. I would say maybe in that one moment, they aren't getting severely emotionally damaged, but you're damaging them as a group of people. If they're, as a group of people, getting are 10 step behind just because of the way they look or, you know, just different. I mean, I think we could mostly narrow this down to skin color because I feel like that's the biggest discrimination, but then I think we'd get into gender too right after that, and then there would be disabilities and different things but as a group any minority i do think deserves to have protection from a higher authority okay so you're gonna you're gonna say if i had to put it in one category i'd do higher okay okay so you think that 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 is something that does not fall under fall under the realm of subjective morality that's objective where it's clear that individuals are being harmed yeah their life is being harmed due to basically just just like a predetermined uh, yeah. idea about something or a group of people yeah they, they they their circumstances they were they were placed within circumstances that were suboptimal and you can't control people even if like there's only so much you could do but laying down some like like you said making sure there's like some amount of some percentage that has to be accepted. Like there's little things they can do and they do do to make things that they do as well to make sure there's some baseline level. And I don't know if it's all that they could do. I don't know if they're doing too much, but I do agree that there would have to be something. Okay. Okay. So we don't need to revise our, our belief here. But we've we've clarified that something like discrimination, you feel that that falls within the yeah. subjective morality, or I mean objective morality, yeah. where the morality, the moral decisions that should not be determined by a single person or group, but by individuals, is stuff like, let's think of another example. What about church closures during COVID? Like you, the church closing? Like when churches were mandated by the government to close, like in California, like they were not allowed to gather. Right. That is a government intervening and and controlling somebody's decisions Mm -hmm. on a matter of subjective morality. As long as people are being agreeing to be governed by some sort of government that you kind of place at least i mean i feel like at some point 
they were forced to either make a decision about some spaces. Like, I would say the government technically has the right to do stuff about public spaces. Like, if it's a public meeting place and there's a public crisis, and I'm not saying one way or the other, but I don't feel like that's necessarily unfair. The only thing I would say is unfair is mandating what goes on in your own home. Like, I wouldn't say that I don't agree that it's fair that they were saying that only people like outside 10, of your family. More than 10. Yeah. I think that's just a personal decision. And if a family agrees that that's not the correct decision for them, I think that's perfectly fine. But if someone else is willing to put themselves, like if they're all consenting adults, I, I can't say it's wrong to them. I can just say what's wrong for me in that one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's let's contrast this with the discrimination or the, the the affirmative action example though. With affirmative action, it's not necessarily that anybody's being directly harmed and everybody with I, with so with so so you make make the example, okay, somebody a family should be allowed to gather, you know, so many people during COVID. The government shouldn't be able to dictate that right um and it could be argued that there would be there's potential for those people then spreading the disease and it cause causes further harm to other other people in this out in society which to me is could be compared to like the affirmative action thing where there's these indirect um uh, results that can come from a failure to act right and we then cause populations to stay further impoverished because there aren't individuals that are able to, you know, work their way out of that poverty. D- does that make sense? Do you see the yeah. comparison I'm no, making there? No, I totally understand. I just how... want to make sure that we get clear on what is immoral, what isn't. Right. Like when do humans need someone to step in and take over? Or... When, when should we allow that? Right. Yeah. It's tricky because there's multiple different, like, there's different ways it could go. Like, there's different things. There's just different examples of different paths it could go down. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say you're you're saying, like, well, if they're indirectly potentially causing harm yeah, to yeah, other yeah. That, people. You're saying it better than I was. Yes, exactly. Well, I understand that, but. Like, if everything else is on lockdown and people are choosing to meet with other people that are choosing to meet them too, and then they go home and aren't going to work and aren't going to church and aren't going to other public meetups, uh, potentially... But what if they go meet with another family of... It would, like, it would just have to... Like, I just don't believe that, that a government can tr- control that. Like, humans are still humans, and just because we've gotten to this point of... the progress that we've made like in the world today with technology and laws that doesn't make us like not we're still social creatures yeah yep there's there are certain things like you could argue that for mentally for people to be isolated and by themselves that's harmful as well not not to say a good point like there's just all these different factor uh 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 factor Factors. Yeah. That's the right word. Okay. Um, yeah. There's all these. Variable. Variable. Yeah, either, either variable is the word I've been thinking of. Okay. <laughs> variables. There's just so many variables about, for me, in that time, 
I wasn't married to my husband. And there was a short period of time where technically we You couldn't see each other. Yeah, we couldn't see each other. (laughs) And to me... If it would have been Anna and I, yeah, we wouldn't have done that. No, I we didn't. And I don't know if that's fine to say, but we weren't seeing anyone else, but we were seeing each other because isolating myself from everyone, including my serious boyfriend, soon to be fiance, wasn't feasible at Christmas time. Or I think I'm trying to remember when the biggest part of lockdown happened, but even when it was, like me and Creed literally got married in the middle of COVID and lockdown. And we Mm -hmm. only invited like the max amount of people you could have in one space. Everyone wore masks. We did what we could. And then whoever wasn't comfortable coming, I like, I made sure I kind of. It was on video. Yeah. That there was different options for people. But for me, I thought if like people were consenting to be there and they knew the risks and they still wanted to be a part of a really important day for me and create that like we weren't going to put off. And I understand why people would, but we didn't want to. So I just felt like if they were consenting, they knew the risks. Kids weren't allowed to come. We did everything we could. And if people consented to be there and they got sick, I wasn't going to... I didn't see that as my fault. I would see that as we consented. You know, I feel like that's just something that you can't control on that scale. You I can, think this all makes sense and it's totally, yeah. totally fair. I'm just trying to dig down to no, what's the totally principle can. beneath it. Like what's, I, so what's the principle that says that was, that, that is something that no one should be dictating for someone else, but like affirmative action is okay to be dictated by. Can you tell me exa- like without the context we're using affirmative action, like what you specific what does like, that mean yeah just that's just where colleges are required to accept x percentage of oh minorities. that's what it's called that's what it's called affirmative action okay i'm i'm sorry i didn't know yeah. that no that's okay um I'm, I'm glad we clarified it yeah okay so i just feel like it is a as a group of people i think that it's natural for there to be a push and pull between authority i think that's completely natural and yep. i think that I agree. During COVID, things things got really blurred between the power of the people versus the power of the government. Just <laughs> yeah. because it's not like we were voting on such like little instances like this. I, like I would yep. argue, there wasn't time. There wasn't. To. There wasn't. So we had to rely on the the authority structures that were in place. And I wouldn't say that everything went terribly. Or I feel like there, like it was good that people were kind of. I'm really grateful that people started working from home. I think that saved a lot of people mentally. Like from since then, I think people being forced to be creative and do different things to make the world keep on functioning. I think that good things came from that. And I think that doing lockdowns for certain things at certain times wasn't inappropriate considering how so many people felt about it and how how it was affecting people. So I think that there were, there's always going to be mistakes in situations like that, but like, I just don't know if there's things you can, I don't think you can morally control like, like me and Creed, I don't think it would be fair if like we went to jail or something mm-hmm. for hanging out. I don't know. Like, and I don't think we would have, but I'm just saying, I don't think that we could be controlled on that level. Maybe you could set out like a recommendation but consenting adults are gonna do what they're gonna do either way it's just kind of something 
you hope that people are making the right decisions, but you can't control, like, you know, like everything can't be controlled. So you can't really say one way or the other. You're just hoping that people are making decent decisions with the smaller suggestions being put out. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get to what's the concise principle here that makes... I don't know if there is one. The one for me. Okay. In my brain. And the one not. One what's affirmative one? action is okay for the government to step in and say and the co- you and have the co- to do this and then the covid control is not okay. Like to to, to the degree like of in your more, home. I feel like there's more variables in the covid scenario that there could be brought up more different reasons why one or the other would be okay. And I don't feel like you could argue very much about the fact that like marginalized groups of minorities have been affected. Like there's literally statistics on how like their finances, their future jobs, their kids, their schools, their like neighborhoods are directly affected okay. by so you, the you, education they receive. So you're, 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 and that makes sense. You're saying that the, the data is clearer and shows a more direct harm as a result of a lack of affirmative action than you, th- than you think it is for like a COVID kind of a situation. Yes. That makes and sense. it's been a long, it's been around for a lot longer than COVID. COVID was really yeah. only for maybe two. Yeah, we were building the plane as it was, as we were flying. And we're basically over the hill there so it's like you can look back and these are just hypothetical it. examples right because i want to get down to no i totally what understand your belief really is but those two together i feel like affirmative action that's what it's called right uh-huh. um it's been around longer we have more data on it and there's like there's been obvious effects that it's had on groups of people especially where they came from in the beginning giving them some sort of boost or push to help things level out the playing field would make more sense than let's say controlling if people can meet for Christmas or not. Like we only saw that for one year, right? Yep. Okay. So, so really it's coming back to this split of being objective. Like there's clear data on the affirmative, affirmative action piece. And then it's subjective with COVID where we don't understand all of the externalities that meaning the, the, outs- the other factors and variables that are going to be impacted, people's mental health and like all these things. Yeah, there's just okay. too much okay, I can, to I can appreciate narrow, that. narrow. Yeah, you can just only narrow it down so much, I guess. I'd have to think about it more to, it's very to decide gray. if I agree on those specific examples, but I think you make a good case for it. And so, and that's just what I'm saying right now. And I think I think your principle here, like the dividing, I, I think it makes sense. Okay. I, 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 I like it. Okay. Okay. So... Another thing I think we need to clarify with this belief is who is responsible? Who's the responsible party here? Is is it an individual's responsibility to not let, like think in, in your case you shared in on the last episode like with the LDS church, like is the, an individual, you, are you responsible for not allowing that that um, single group to dictate your morality on those subjective issues? Yeah. Or is it the group's responsibility to not ever demand that of people? 
and, yeah, and I know claim that they have authority over their morality. Does that make sense? Yes, it does completely. And I think about this literally every day because this is something I go back and forth between because there is lots of amazing things that came from my upbringing. I, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful for living in a safe like there's just so many good things that came from the the, for sure. the group that I grew up in. And I don't, and I don't I think love we're them. questioning that at right. all. I'm I just... know. I just want to say about them that anyone that chooses to follow, I guess you couldn't say that it's their responsibility at this point in time just because so many people are agreeing with it and are agreeing to participate. So I would for sure say, I don't know if that makes all of their decisions morally correct to me but i do think it's an individual's responsibility to do the research understand the where their money their time and their efforts are going at this point in time i think it's up to an individual to decide if that is morally correct for them because i don't think there's anything going on obvious to you know just being a part of it that is inherently wrong besides the only thing I'd say, and I would say this comes more from culture than, well, it comes from doctrine that if you live any other way that you're doing it wrong. I'd Mm -hmm. say that's the only thing that I don't appreciate or I don't think is morally correct to teach people. But if people are consenting to believing that, then I, I'm not going to take that away from them. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you place a little counterintuitively to how you describe that. I think, I think, you place the responsibility on the individual, though, that it's not the the institution or another person. Um, it's not their job to hold back and say, I don't have any authority over your personal morals. It is an individual's responsibility to say, I'm not going to allow others to have that morality or that have that, that claim over my morals. Right. And I okay. guess... That, I mean, there's also a couple of variables that go into, like, if you're teaching, but this is just, people have the right to raise their children however they want, but morally to me, I think it would be appropriate to present children, or morally correct to present children more information than just one source, and that frustrates me about the culture is that so many children are just given one one playbook. Sword. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I can say at this time it's right or wrong just because it just is hard for me because the things that it's left me with make it really hard for me to know what I want versus what I've been taught. And I just wish that more people had more of a blank slate to work with so they could understand themselves better. But it's like not a science. So but then you could get into like suicide rates and LGBTQ issues. But I don't really, I don't think this is a place for that. As long as it's getting to the principle that underlies your belief. I do think that the harm that they, let's just look at the data of, I don't know the exact numbers and I could look it up right now, but I think we've all kind of heard before that the suicide rates in Utah are higher than almost anywhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. And There's lots of different, like you could argue lots of different things. You could argue the weather or, you know, just the seasonal depression or just like the 
let's say the jobs that people get into like as a or like the types of jobs that people do here maybe aren't as fulfilling or but in my opinion since there's such a high I'm sure there's some data on this and I've read different things and I wish I came to the table I just didn't know this would be coming up necessarily yeah but it's like you can't ignore the fact that the the population in Utah I mean, it's the lowest it's ever been now, but it's still around 40% LDS Mm -hmm. residents. And to say that wouldn't affect the culture at all would just be just not correct. And in my opinion, there's not one individual, I would say, to take the blame. I think as a culture as a whole, the way it's developed has negatively affected different minorities. Let's say people of color... LGBTQ members, women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think women have been like severely affected by the culture here. And I I don't know if I agree with that morally, but it's like, that's just not something you can control, I guess. Like religion has always been a part of society and people have, there's always been minorities. There's always been different groups of people being persecuted and it sucks that women people of color and anyone that has a different sexuality has been kind of the center of that in a lot of different civilizations but is it controllable i don't know you know what i'm saying i like i hate it and i think it is morally wrong but if like a group of people decide that that's what they're doing together i just i just don't know if these people have voices I don't know how, if they're all agreeing to it, including the women, like if that's wrong, because most women, obviously they're agreeing with it. So it's, does that mean they're being manipulated or brainwashed into something? And I'm not just saying the LDS culture, but anywhere, you know, like that brings in internalized misogyny and all these trigger words that people don't like to hear, but they're real. And I don't know if it is controllable. Uh, so. Okay. So are you, it sounds like you're almost debating with yourself here on, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Well, that's what, that's right. what actually what I'm trying to do in this show and yeah. like with this process is show what we should be doing mentally with ourselves mm-hmm. is we should be going over these beliefs that we have and examining them the way that you and I are right now. We should be able to do this internally with our, our beliefs. But anyway, so you're that's good that you're debating this with yourself is you originally were saying that it's on individuals to decide not to let others dictate their morals. But now it sounds like you're saying with the church that might fall within this objective harm realm where it's immoral of them to dictate people's morals. There's just always, in my opinion, if if you're listening to just one person present one idea or one set of ideas that is not changing, it, there's one you, conclusion. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not doing what John Stuart Mill said in listening to all that could be said against an argument. Because if you don't do that, he actually, 
you should read his book on liberty. It's it's one yeah, of those like we were talking about before we started this that yeah. when I first started reading it, I was like, I don't understand anything he's saying. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult language right. to okay. to understand, mm-hmm. but it's he's so good. He's he's basically what he says is even if you know like the strongest argument for your side. Yeah. But you don't know any other arguments. You know very little. You actually yes. know very little about your own side because you have no idea like what what its weaknesses are. So so true. I hear people tell me all the time whenever I present any kind of information similar to this and this is probably the most blunt I've been in one conversation with someone besides my husband is just because I'm glad you feel like you can do that here. (laughs) Well, there's just not a lot of open space to present opinions or, you know, like hearing or bringing different sides to the table because usually people do have one set opinion. And I hear a lot, you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not claiming I know anything. You're claiming you know something. And I'm just trying to get to like, where is this coming from? And why do you think it's okay or correct? And if me asking or bringing different things to the table is triggering you, that just gives me further evidence that your your opinion or conclusion isn't stable. You, and it seems like you're, you're using emotional. Of yeah, and I'm I'm fine with people protect not wanting to talk about their beliefs or you know feeling uncomfortable having it. It's totally up to them. But when they bring up things to me and they point out things about me or the way that I'm living. And I give them a direct answer and then they come back with me while well, I don't know anything or just some response in that category. You're just like, you think that is going to convince me? <laughs> like, you think that's <laughs> going to convince me that your argument has any steel to it, basically? Like, yeah. I'm not seeing, that's not an answer to me. That just makes me feel small. And I, I've gotten better at that not doing that anymore. But that's what they're, that's the goal, right? A lot of the time in arguments, people want to make you feel small to end said argument. Yeah. When you're talking about, this is, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but when you're talking about religion, like that's often something that's so core to what people believe that, that the mere act of questioning it to them is, is, it's a threat and it, it it creates fear and it creates almost a fight or flight response. Right. And that's why people react that way where they're just like, I have to shut you down. Right. And I actually, whenever I hear that, it's never, it's never like I'm annoyed at them. I almost just feel bad that they don't feel more. And it's not like I'm, I'm not like feeling pity for them in like the sense where I think they're dumb. I'm just, I wish that it didn't bring up that almost shows me more that if it's bringing that kind of fear out of you, is it a morally correct way for you to live just for yourself and your own happiness? Like if you're living in fear of hearing anything else, is that comfortable for you? Like I, I, I'm curious. I, is that happiness or is that delusion? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a big reason I started this podcast is I wanted to be able to have these open conversations about things that are near and dear to us like our our most firmly held beliefs right and i want i want to be a safe place where people can come and discuss that in a really objective way but i'm not going to get defensive about any of it like you can say whatever 
And I just, we're, we're a partnership in right. that we're trying to figure out, is this belief true? Yeah. And are there, are there maybe some pieces of it that can be refined totally. to make sure that it's, it's even more true than it was when you walked in here? I'm glad that you feel like we can have that conversation or I hope you do. Yeah, hope I do. Like I, I mean, I, I mean, whatever you, I want this to be what you want it to be. Cause I want you to, you know, this conversation to reflect the information and the studying you're trying to do. But yeah, anything, any time that people open themselves up to hearing all different perspectives, I think is a very beautiful growing experience that is a part of humanity. And if you take that out of it, I feel like you lose a part of life. Yes. And even if you come to the same conclusion in the end, just being able to have the conversation and let your brain wander and be okay with the natural progression of things, that's just being human. And if you aren't, I think that that, there's nothing wrong with you, but I think that you're missing out, kind of. Totally agree. This is, it's become one of my favorite things to do, is to to find out what people believe and Mm -hmm. find out if, if I'm wrong about something. Yeah. And at first it was scary and it was hard. Mm-hmm. but the more they've done it, the more it just, it makes life feel more, just more rich in that you, you feel more confident in the can, decisions you make. Th- yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's another side effect. And then you're just, you get to learn from all these amazing sources, think, all sorts of different, like, like if I would have never had this conversation with you, like think about like, we never would have understood this about each so other. And it's, th- many it's things cool. go unsaid based in fear yes and i wish and i'm not saying that all conversations are necessary or but like to close everything off that isn't comfortable is you're missing out it's fun it's it's not just fun but it's i think it's an essential part of happiness and life i yeah anyways um okay that was kind of a tangent but it was a really good tangent it was good. so i'm i'm good with that okay okay so but let's let's swing back to your your belief here okay. i want to see that i want to make sure that we're we're getting clarity so mm-hmm. let's go with the whole question of the lds church and um their teachings and then suicides and like i think i think it's a whole nother discussion it is i think it's it's just a it's question. an important discussion that you can you can examine elsewhere. We're not going to dive into it, but I think you make you make an interesting point there of there might be some cases where it's actually immoral for a group to be claiming authority over morality for people. And we, we need to just examine those things. But the general rule that you're saying is that we as individuals own that, that whether or not we should let somebody dictate our our own morals well as someone that grew up in the church i i mean i'm thinking about all these people that maybe don't have the same tools or access to things that i do but i had to go out of my way to find things and to learn outside of what i was used to or comfortable with so i feel like once you come into adulthood it is a responsibility that we have to analyze the beliefs we were raised in or that we have consistently to then make decisions that we're more comfortable and confident with, if that okay. makes sense. 
So even though, you know, people are being swayed and pushed into things, I think it does come down to personal choice. I think people, whether they're listening to their conscience or not, I think it's just comes down to an individual. Yeah. Okay. And you've, you've brought this up a couple times now where we're educating children on like where, where's, where do you fall on that? Like a, a family raises their child to be a Republican that believes in fiscal conservatism and, you know, cutting taxes. Okay. And they just grow up always being taught that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. That is what should happen. Do the parents, because you're saying it's an individual's responsibility. And when they come of age that they should examine those beliefs. But if you've been raised to never examine them and to be taught that it is it is heresy to examine them. How do right. you get ever out of that? How do you ever get out of that loop? Or does some of <sighs> some of the responsibility fall on parents? It does. I I do want to make this clear. Re- parents being of, the stand-in for the the authority structure that's dictating what's right and wrong to some to a child. So much responsibility falls onto a parent. But I I'm not here to tell what parents what to do. But I do think it's a parent's responsibility when they have children to analyze their beliefs and dig deeper into them, what they're believing when what they're doing. And I mean, you can't mandate this. This is just a personal belief of mine. So I don't think this should be a law. I'll just make that clear. But that doesn't, I don't think that, like, for example, in a public school, what's being taught in public schools, I don't think should be biased dependent on where it's stationed so like let's say i don't think sex ed education should be available in one state and not in the other just based on religious dispositions i think there should be some consensus that people come to like i do morally believe that like some form of education at least about your own body is an important discussion whether you're having it at home or in school and i don't think if you're sending your kid to school I think that's just a choice you're making to send them to a place where that like certain parts about that are being taught. And I'm not saying the full extent of like I I would have to go also do my research on sex education in each individual state. But I'm just saying like if you're sending your children to school to school, I don't public school, especially I don't think you can be like trying to change the curriculum for just like your personal belief like that just doesn't make sense to me. Okay. We as a society bear some responsibility in helping, like through public education, helping a child to learn certain things that they may not get from home that helps them to maybe break out of those those worldviews that they were brought up with. Well, I mean, that, I don't think, what you're I don't think that... No, I mean, not necessarily. I don't think that anything I was taught as a kid contradicts what I'm imagining as sex education. I'm I'm more just imagining, you know, like a basic concept situation where children just know what things are, like just about their bodies and then, you know, other, <laughs> like their um, gender counterpart, their bodies, and just a basis of what it is and what can happen if you don't do it safely or I think it's like a protection thing and I don't think that not talking about it I 
I feel like that is actually less protecting to children because it's it to imply that humans don't have a natural inclination to have intimate relations with each other is ignoring biology and to not teach children like we're saying probably teenagers high school range what something is that won't that doesn't mean it won't happen or it won't come up or you know what I'm saying like it's just something that will biologically happen one way or the other whether it happens later or sooner for some people that doesn't mean it won't happen it's the natural flow of things and if kids don't know that they can get STDs they can get pregnant I don't I just don't feel like not talking about it protects them the way that people are saying it does because we've all been teenagers and we all remember what it's like okay <laughs> like to pretend you're a, you're we don't a hormone factory yes i just don't know i just don't think that it's like how could you just ignore that like it's there and it's there our bodies are made to go somewhere with it so not teaching kids about it isn't prevent it doesn't prevent it okay okay so help me help me connect this back to a parent's responsibility how how sorry yeah <laughs> we wandered off a little bit i mean it was it was good all good points it's just more that but basically what i'm asking is is it the parent's responsibility should a parent be dictating a child's morals i strongly believe that people subjective sh- morals because yeah i think i think we're both we both agree that they should on like the, the higher morals, the objective ones where, Murder. you know, don't kill people. Don't, don't yeah. hit your brother. Don't, you know, every, but what about the more subjective ones like religious beliefs or political affiliation or right. views on taxes or, you know, yes, I would Should a clearly say that? that a parent has the right to teach their children subjective morals, but I don't think that that means that they should be able to control what's going on in public settings. If they're willing to send their children into them, like, public school so to bring subjective morals into public school that are really about non-biased things like teaching a child like okay i'm about about sex ed yeah right yeah i I don't think you can moralize that and if you decide to then i don't think you should be trying to change a public like if that is wrong to you then don't send your kid to school Okay. And don't try to change it for everyone else that's agreeing that they want that being, they they want their kids taught about their own bodies. And if you prefer to do it at home, I think that should be an option too. If you say, okay, I really don't want my child being a part of this stuff, but I'll take the curriculum you're giving me if they're participating in public school. I'll take the what curriculum. What if they refuse their curriculum and, and they, they keep their kid home? I mean, they Does can... A parent- there's only so have much have a moral obligation to educate their kid on something that the parent may object to. You can't to. make a law of it, Morally. but I don't think that you like in I I guess I'm not asking about like laws-wise like should it be legal or not. Mm-hmm. I'm asking is it moral or not for a parent to do this? I don't think it is. I don't think it's moral to refuse information to children. So, well, I can understand like age-appropriate information. Uh-huh. But I don't think that like keeping children in the dark about things to control their moral path is moral. Okay. 
so teaching kids that there's not anything else out there besides what they know i think is immoral so if i if i'm taught growing up that obama's a socialist that's trying to ruin america my parents bear some moral obligation to at least expose me to the counter argument to that is what you're telling me in my opinion yes but it's not like i can control households and i don't think they're bad parents But that's why we're examining your personal belief here like you think that a parent should do that a parent bears a moral obligation to do that well like let's say in a family and i'll make this really short but like your parents believe one thing but you're hearing something different from your grandparents and i don't think that like let's say one side is criminalizing the other and i don't think that's uncommon i think that's natural to disagree with family members but to just in my personal belief to just close all doors except for one that you're expecting your children to go into i think that is immoral okay yes okay okay so i've revised your belief here i think i need to work in this discussion about children but i think it's clear that at least for a functioning adult they should not allow their subjective morals, meaning those ones that there's not clear harm, to be dictated by another individual or group. Unless they, I mean, they, I th- I don't think it's immoral to follow a religion. I just don't think it's, 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 it goes back and forth between immoral or smart, basically. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it's healthy or smart to follow something you don't know as much about as you can possibly know. So if we refine this, it's, you're, gonna say, you're not going to say it's immoral, but you're going to say it's unintelligent for a functioning adult to allow their subjective morals to be dictated by another individual or group. Yes. Okay. That rings true to me. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, or something Do we need can... to work in anything on this discussion with children where I think children are a different case. It's not unintelligent for them to allow their parents to like a kid doesn't know better no. that in that case it actually switches responsibility where you're you're saying and i i think i agree with this that it's actually the parent's responsibility to make sure that their kid is at least exposed to the counter argument to the things that they're they're teaching them right and that doesn't mean that they can't have their strong beliefs or they can't talk about their strong beliefs but to just shelter completely yeah okay and you would you would I mean that this this is getting a little outside of the realm of this specific belief, but I'm just curious now. What about like my parent teaches me that being gay is a sin that I have a responsibility to at least let my child know about the counter argument. Well, in most cases, there's someone. Even in- if I have a strong religious objection to it, you can't. In my opinion. I wouldn't find it morally correct for myself to not expose my children to d- two different sides. But if someone else decides to do that, I no disrespect to them. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't do that myself because I would. Do you think that's unfair to the child though? What if What if this is a child that ends up being gay and is growing up being taught that they are a sin? You know what I mean. Or not, maybe I not do think that's sin, morally but wrong, but I sin. can't control what people do in their homes. I right, right, right. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. that you have to control. I'm just saying 
you, what's your belief about this, that what should and shouldn't people do? What's right and wrong for them to do? I don't think it's right to teach children that it's a sin to be gay, I guess. I just, I feel like it's not black and white because, well, it is. That sentence is black and white to me. I wouldn't teach that it's a sin. I think that's immoral to put that weight on a child. Okay. I don't think... Well, so, so be more specific on what what's that weight and why is that immoral? Eternal... Okay, okay. I see what you're saying now. Like, consequences. Yeah, putting a, an eternal consequence on them for something. Especially if... For anything, you're, you're arguing. We shouldn't put that weight on a child I just don't anything. think that condemning actions like that is a healthy way to teach someone how to think. Okay. Okay. That was kind of a side tangent, but, but I was I think curious it's, about it. I think it's fair to do that with higher scale morals. Yeah, yeah, well, for sure. When there's clear harm, that, right? Yeah, we're but you, when it's you your own personal give decision, your kid. The, the the here's why Hitler was actually might have been the good guy. Like, no, a parent doesn't. Right. You. I just. Yeah, I wanted to make it clear. Yeah, I just. It's on those things that are subjective, where there's room for debate, where it's not clear. Yeah, I I would say that statement is probably the most clear I could be in this point in time. Okay. But, but I'm... I like it. I like it. Okay. I think it's really clear. It is unintelligent for a functioning adult to allow their subjective morals to be dictated by another individual or group. Okay. So does that, does that include, you know, I have family members that allow the LDS church to dictate <laughs> to completely dictate their moral code. Is that unintelligent? I'm putting you on the spot here. I just want to say it's not... It's. Uh, I want to add to the end without knowing what... Like, I want to add something about being fully... Oh, um, Cons- like if yeah. you know every, if you know all of the ins and outs of it and then you consent, that is, I'm not gonna, but if you're closing, that's, a, I would say that's a big part of it to me is if you're just like ignoring certain things, if there's too many things that you're just putting to the side or avoiding completely, I think that's unintelligent. If you've come to some conclusion for yourself that these bigger issues within whatever your belief system is that you're okay with them and then you consent to it, then I would find that more intelligent than whether I find it morally correct or not. I'd find that more intelligent than ignoring or avoiding completely. I'm adding to the end. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to say this. It is unintelligent for a functioning adult to allow their subjective morals to be dictated by another individual or group without fully examining the, the full doctrine? Fully examining the source. The source. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah? Um, I feel comfortable with I, that. I have one last piece that I want to ask about. Okay. I know we're this could launch us into a whole nother discussion, but what if there is a... If the, 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 
the group or person that is telling me that what my moral code should be, what if they can connect me to God's will? Like I knew, if, I knew it. Yeah. I think I think that's the central question when it really comes to religion. Because like, people, if the creator of the universe, the pro- yeah, yeah, if the creator of the universe is telling me this is how I should live, well, if God then, came to me directly and told me how to live, I'd probably not have much of an argument. But if I'm believing one person saying that God has come to them, and then they're giving me a list of things I need to do, money, time, energy morals give to them because i'm believing them i just can't get on board with that that's okay what if and i'm 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 just giving this example because i know this is one that yeah people i'm open that are listening or probably thinking. thinking about and familiar with um what if that person says you can ask god if this actually came from him or not and i feel like i get an answer from god that it came from him well if you feel like that all the power to you i i don't i'm not saying you haven't but i have also so you think you you think this doesn't apply this this belief if somebody feels like they've got an answer from god that they should follow i think someone that they that they should let someone else dictate their I moral i think code. people should evaluate what they're viewing as a like a confirmation from god for sure but i I would say like that could launch us into like the effects of people pleasing. Like the feeling, the special feeling you get when everyone around you is proud of you. You could interpret that as anything. And I'm not saying it's one or the other, but I think it's fair for me. Like I guess this is almost coming from a defensive point of view for me because it's been attacked so much and it's it's been pushed so much onto me that I've had to come up with some, you know, set in stone almost. It's almost like I'm cementing my door open and telling, does that make sense? Yep. Yep. I I get where you're coming from. You've, you've had that, that this, you've had your departure from this set of this moral code Mm -hmm. questioned so much that you've felt like, okay, I need to come up with my own belief here, my own um, principle to govern my life by mm-hmm. that in response to all this pressure that I'm getting. That makes and total sense. And for the most part, I wouldn't go around telling someone their interactions spiritually are right or wrong, but I'm expecting that in return. And I don't think there's a lot of that in thick culture. I think so, when there's a majority of a population that, agrees on one thing and then you know there's like an outlier i think that outlier gets some pushback which is fine but i also like if you're expecting me to take your beliefs seriously then you need to take mine seriously and i've broken them down for myself but that doesn't mean i don't respect you and if you're just so hold on but but let's come back to the belief here right do you still believe that it is unintelligent for them to allow their moral Without code fully examining to be dictated. the source, yes. But if they have and they've come to a conclusion and they feel like they've does, covered... Does praying about it and feeling like you got an answer from God, does that count as having fully examined the source to you? 
There's no one answer to that in my mind. <laughs> I've 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 thought about it enough to I just it's not yes or no because you could argue anything. You could argue what their it's their personal experience. I can't argue with what they feel like is a response from God, but I've been I've read the Book of Mormon all the way through. I've prayed night after night and I've I've done things that I have been told would get me a direct answer. And I don't feel like I have ever gotten a direct answer. I feel like I've felt good in certain situations and I've felt loved and there's different things, but I don't, I wouldn't. So when people say, if you do something, you'll get this. And then I do that thing and get this. It makes me wary because I just, I'm like, okay, well, you can't tell me I did it wrong because I did what, you know, like they'll either say, oh, well, you didn't read it, like, I don't know, like, you just didn't read it with an opened heart, or, like, there's just different responses that could invalidate you, you, and I could invalidate, yeah, and I did my best, so if that's not good enough, I'm not, I'm not putting my faith in this equation again, and that also means I probably don't think you're, I'm not going to take yours a hundred, like lots of people want you to put their, their faith in their faith. Uh And I just, I just, it's not that I don't believe them, but I just, it's not my experience. So I can't confirm or deny. Okay. What I'm hearing is that yes, you do count that as having fully examined the source. Mm -hmm. It's, it's part of fully examining the source and that for you, that full examination told you, I shouldn't let them dictate my moral code, right. mm-hmm. but you respect people that did that and they decided I am going to let them, but it does count as having fully examined the source. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say yes, just because that's the best thing. Like that's the closest to an answer I could come to. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty good. For now. Yeah. It's, it's, this is such a hairy topic that it's philosophy. It's not right. It's not. (laughs) That's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and you know what, you know what the frustrating thing is about reading Plato's dialogues with Socrates? Is there's no like set conclusion. Yeah. Like in a lot of them, they never reach an answer. Yeah. And that's what I actually, I've learned to love about it is it's just in the, the discussion. And it just makes you think. And that they the journey, not the destination. Yes, <laughs> but it it helps them to like. You know, at the beginning when Socrates asks Theotetus, "What is knowledge?" Theotetus gives him some answer that, had he never gone through that examination with Socrates, he'd have gone the rest of his life saying, "You know, this is knowledge," and then he had this whole discussion with Socrates and realized it's more complicated than that. And I shouldn't be so adamant about my belief. Right. So if we do that with, you know, I believe this church or this political party or this political candidate or this, I don't know. I'm well, trying to, I'm trying to think of some yeah. other thing outside of politics some and like, religion. Like, let's <laughs> but, say some dietitian, you're like, believe yeah. all of the information from yeah. them. 
my husband likes to do this and it's very funny because usually he'll show me a video and the first thing I do is I'll click on the comments to see like what people are responding like yes and seeing it's like always funny no matter what hearing people just like just counter argue with like someone that's just saying one harsh truth it's just always funny to me and he's very he's very fine with it he doesn't usually agree with like there's like this dietitian he follows and I just always think it's funny seeing like the counter and I'm a little bit different in what I believe is good for diet it's dumb but it doesn't matter but yeah it's just to yeah to know to it's it's worth having the discussions about these things so that we we don't hate each other over it. I guess that's really I'm what I'm... I'm glad he leaves his comments on because at least he's leaving things, you know, like open for people are talking about it, you know, and at yeah. least he's bringing something to the table. Like he's not doing nothing. So if you're leaving it open for discussion, there's things to be learned for sure. I don't know about YouTube comments if that really helps. If that, if I would count that as dis, if I would count that as discussion. More, it's more comedy. It is, com- it is, it is comedy, but... Yeah, that's why I wanted to do this. I think it's important to just have these conversations and realize somebody that doesn't believe in the moral code of the LDS church anymore, like, is a totally rational, great person. And she came to those conclusions honestly. Yeah. She didn't just decide, you know what? I... Nilly. Yeah. I don't like doing this. So I'm... Like, she thought about it. And she has reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same can be said for somebody that, you know, is supports Donald Trump. Somebody, the same could be said for somebody that wants to be on an all vegetables diet. Like it, it can be said for all these different groups that we're all just humans trying to figure things out. And I think it's important to, to temper our beliefs by discussing them and realizing the issue is usually more complicated than we thought and the person across from us probably has some valid points a hundred percent so if we all were like that can you imagine like yeah where we would get to <laughs> i think that's what we have to do in order to i think i think we're in the same kind of phase in history as when the they first invented the printing press and uh, all of a sudden information was getting distributed yeah we're kind of going through the same thing with the internet. Yes. And it's breaking down all these institutions that used to exist and it's causing a lot of tension. Um, Fear. Because people are, yep, yep. And what it led to with the printing press was you then had like a couple centuries of just violence and death and war. And yeah, go read about the 30 years war. (laughs) And I don't want the internet age to lead to that. And I think the antidote is these kinds of conversations. And I I think we have to have them. So I'm glad you came on. Thank you. Thanks for letting us go into your brain. And I think, I think you have a good belief here. I, I, I like it. I agree with it. Thanks. And if you don't have, if you don't think it's good, that's fine too. Yep. Email me. You can come on and have your own episode and tell me about your belief and why you think that Isabel's wrong. Yep. I'd love to hear it. Yep. So <laughs> cool. And last thing, uh, this is, this I want is what I want my sign off question to be on the show is what is a, a podcast or a book or just some, something that 
my listeners can go to to get a new perspective on something that they probably wouldn't get on their own? Okay. I, I wrote down a couple. Cool. So podcasts I love are... Um, I actually didn't write down the name, but if you look them all up, I think they only... Or I mean, like the names of the people who did them. Okay. I probably should have done that. But if you look them up on... They're all on Spotify. As long as you have the title of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, this is the podcast. Uh, Grow With The Flow, uh, The Bad Broadcast, Awakening, OD, which you'll have to check if I... Mm, those might all three be explicit, at least in some episodes. Okay, just FYI, and, if you if you're not okay with explicit podcasts, maybe stir clear those. But yeah, and the full cup, which is def, mm, they might say like hell and damn, but they're not. They're they're actually my family, Creed's family. They have a um, podcast, and it it's like it is from one perspective, but they're amazing people, and they have a lot of good things to say and share. And then books that I love, um, the subtle. The subtle art of not giving a f, yeah, yeah. Um, and I haven't read that one yet. It's it's really funny and good, but it's so it, it's like so not me, but it's so good to like. It's the, try. what we talked about last time. It's anti people pleasing. Yes. Okay. And it's really good. It's that. actually so it's so nice to like let yourself not give a yeah an f <laughs> yeah. And then I'm glad my mom died, which that's about, that's... I've heard of this one and I, I, it sounds really good. I want to read it. No, you should. And it's funny and it, it sounds, it is dark and there's some trauma in there, but it's funny. And it's um, Jennifer McCart. I forget her name, but she's the she co-star. She was on iCarly. iCarly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny, you don't look autistic and um, out of the FOG fog. It's about like um, just coming to your own conclusions, not basing them in other people's opinions. So awesome! Yeah, cool. So Go those check are those my out. Faves. And thank you, Isabel. I'm, thank you for having me. You were a great guest to have on here, and I couldn't have asked for a better first guest to have. Well, thank you. That's very kind. You're I, a great interviewer. Okay. Great. Well, thanks everybody for listening to me and Isabel. Tune in next time. Uh, I think I'm going to do an episode on why we need critical thinking. We've talked about some of the tools of critical thinking. And as I've listened back to those and also asked my wife for her opinion, she has um, made some good suggestions that we should talk about why critical thinking matters. There are so many things in our lives that, that we just accept and we don't think about critically. And oftentimes when we're presented with critical thinking, we can ask, why does that matter? So that's what I want to talk about next time. So tune in ne next time for that. And as always, if you'd like to come on and interview like Isabel did, go ahead and email me at theatetuspodcast at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-A-E-T-E-T-U-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. All right. Go and... Think critically. Have conversations like this. Thanks. <laughs>